0: There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, prank! We tell him to be quiet, I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight.
1: Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss.
0: A dimension of mind.
1: Man, Adams, is that you? <laughs>
0: Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am, of course, your host, Nick, and we're here to talk the uh, Rod Sterling (laughs) famous podcast or famous TV show, whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk about it because we love the Twilight Zone. Uh, We're here to talk a new episode, as we usually do. Uh, We are in our 91st episode, and uh, yeah, this is an episode that has a lot of history behind it. It has a lot of uh, things that are, what's that word called? I forgot what that word is called when homages or it has kind of like
1: it's fun fun a lot.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Caligula, yes, it has turned into Caligula. No, it's um, it's an episode, it's spawned
1: um, a lot of shit,
0: yeah, yeah. It's done, it's been life. in like a Simpsons Everything. episode that was a spinoff, and it also was a uh, uh, like a uh, kind of homage to what would end up being Poltergeist. It's one of those types of things. So, uh, before we actually begin, we are on audio feeds like Anchor, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, uh, you know, Cups of Uranus, all that good stuff. Subscribe, rate, you know, how this works. You know, even if you give us like three stars, we love you, anyways, you know, that type type of thing but yeah so with that said uh jake and of course triv we're back uh how you guys doing how was your you know i know triv you just did a live stream as this recording jacob i know you're in the middle of collecting a thousand different video games and doing <laughs> another video but how you guys doing
1: yeah i can't complain too much i'm surprisingly buzzy for the amount of wine i've had today
0: which is one glass right oh several several glasses no. oh that's me never mind <laughs> oh man yeah good times but jake is uh even though he's uh in black and white right now he is uh rather green he looks like the joker if he grew up in alabama or something like that am i green <laughs> no you're fine You're, you, you're green, one, i can't fucking tell you, your hair <laughs> looks like
1: your hair looks like it belongs on a 90s goth kid
0: right like, oh all yeah. he needs is some uh, janko jeans <laughs> nice <laughs> uh but everything going good with you guys everything great yeah. grand great yeah. Wonderful! Yeah.
1: Freaking facta freaking, 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 <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah, fantastical! Excellent.
0: <laughs> um but with that said uh as we sometimes do we have a guest to uh help us out with this episode uh first time guest actually which is awesome this of course is somebody who uh loves the twilight zone who wanted to come on and talk about this episode we'll get that in a second uh but we of course have uh ryan who is of course uh an individual that runs a podcast called one track mind and uh ryan how you doing welcome to the, sh- the show the craziness that is our fifth dimension
2: oh i am so happy to be here to talk about one of my top ten favorite episodes. Did you hear that, guys? Oh, could
0: you be hear that, change? Nick? Nick hates could, everything.
1: Could could be a
2: change. I hate
0: it my... all, please.
1: <laughs> could could be a change in the world.
0: Uh, apparently, maybe, maybe. Uh, we'll have to it's ask Ryan. Number about. twenty-seven. That's all <laughs> I ask for. <laughs> there you go so ryan i have to ask you um you apparently are a huge twilight zone fan you said this you probably put this in your top 10 um when it comes to the twilight zone especially this this version of it uh, compared to the other ones uh where does the twilight zone stand for you as a tv show as something that you know you love or don't you know like or you know and then like what would be another episode that you really love that type of thing? Uh
2: well I think that I I appreciate it beyond being a television series. I primarily I primordially I primordially Primordial. primarily that's the right word. <laughs> Primordial, primarily I like
3: primordially better right
2: <laughs> I, I look at it as kind of a a uh a subtext delivery system more than I do a television series. I love anything that can get this political eighteen fifties fifties and sixties right up my alley and i just i absolutely adore the show uh my other favorite episodes uh well number one is the monsters are due on maple street which is just the greatest <laughs> Amen, metaphor brother. that i think <laughs> has ever been on television ever
0: yeah it's um it, it's ironic because uh, that street a monster's due on maple street actually shows up in this episode which i thought was pretty great but yeah, i mean that's right yeah yeah but when it comes to you said it comes to like the subtext and stuff like that and the the concepts like what what makes the uh twilight zone special for instance like you know we been talking about how it deals with like human emotion human psychology it deals with fears and stuff like that but what is like one of your favorite things about the twilight zone like like uh kind of in the concepts of what ross was doing and how he was portraying the the crowds and the the groups and you know society as a whole because it's very like ahead of its time for when it came out
2: yeah, I, what I love most about Rod Serling is that he was above all things a humanist. He saw yeah. every he saw humankind as this elaborate patchwork quilt. He did not see any uh, demarcations between people, between cultures. He saw everything as part of one giant continuum when there was a lot of hate in the world and a lot of distrust and a lot of paranoia, and he anchored it with such grace and determination
0: yeah we um we talked about a lot of times where rod Serling, you know he was in world war ii he fought over in the pacific and stuff like that and it's interesting to see how you know at the time of uh rod Serling kind of going through life and coming out of the war and having kids and his views and stuff like that And you can see it like in his post while his own years when he went on to like different talk shows he he's a guy that was really affected by A lot of stuff that seems to kind of, you know, be like even today, brush under the rug by certain subjects or subsets of the society. And it's just it's really interesting. I don't know how you feel like about this, but it is really interesting to see a guy just take a TV show, take a series. That could be very cheesy, very uh, slight. It could just be very haphazard. I mean, we're we're talking about, you know, a time when there was stuff like Bewitched and there was stuff like, you know, Mr. Ed and Adam's Family. And he was, you know, doing stuff like, I don't know, like you said, Monsters do on Maple Street. um, The one where they're getting ready to hang the uh, the black man. It's like Color Me Night or something like that. And he was doing all these shows. And I'm just kind of curious to like, you know, when you see stuff like that, like, does that make it feel more special to you? Like, how do you kind of like wrap your head around that?
2: No, absolutely. It does. Uh, what I love about Serling was that he saw the potential of science fiction, which is to say yeah. things that you cannot say out loud. But you, if you say this person is black, this person is Native American, this person is X or Y, you can only get so far. But if you say this person is a Martian, then you can get hmm. however far you want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, like I said, we've in the 91 episodes that we've talked about, it's some have been greater, some have been worse. And the one thing that makes the episodes that are great. So great is just they're they're very um relatable so you know one episode this episode we're going to talk about is very relatable you know it's about what would happen to a parents if they lost their kid and how would they affect that i mean it goes into you know a very interesting twilight Zone territory but it's it's a very fascinating thing and you know uh the same thing with you guys like you guys like feel the same thing with this kind of episode or do you think you know, i mean i don't know how do you guys feel i'm trying to find the easiest way to put that
1: oh no all good <laughs> I, I think that anyone that even if you don't have kids i think you can look at this and go you can imagine how that how absolutely terrified the parents would be losing someone i mean because everyone's been a kid everyone's had those moments where they like lost their parents and you have that absolute moment of terror of oh crap what's gonna happen now i'm in this place i don't know what to do you're 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 confronted with a thing that you've never been confronted with and everybody has those from time to time and it's it it hits on multiple levels
3: yeah, I worry about losing one of my kids every day because i got so many of them. <laughs> there's always one of them I'm worried about losing. So, yeah, I get what they're going But for. only one of them. Not all. Of them. Just one of them. Hey, there's only one that I worry about losing. The other okay, <laughs> yeah.
2: Just want to make sure. Just, I, I think we're all on the same level here. We all have those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have yeah, personal yeah. kids, but I, I've babysit before, and if I lost one of those kids, I don't think I'd lose too much sleep. But, you know, they weren't the greatest kids. <laughs> I
3: mean, if you're watching four kids and you get to the end of the night with three i think you're you know you're betting hey, that's 75
2: percent, man yeah that's that's more than 50 that's still fresh
1: you're still betting at least a d
2: plus the, the
3: tomato meter you're still fresh so i mean <laughs>
0: um, so i gotta ask you ryan have you seen uh before we get to the actual episode have you seen this like kind of the homages to this i'm pretty sure you've seen Boulder, guys, but have you seen that treehouse of horror episode that yes homer cubed to... one of the yeah, very yeah. best
2: treehouse of horror segments ever the first time that cgi was ever used on a animated television series in prime time
0: yes it was is um, i think i showed this to you triv back like a, a yep. like a month or two ago but you did i was telling uh triv when i uh they and imax when it was starting to become a thing um, uh, they did a um Uh, it was like a i think it was like about paradoxes and time travel and something like that it was anyways it was like a 40 minute short and they showed this the segment of the of the treehouse of horror and it was pretty awesome to see an imax it was pretty funny actually but
2: i have um, seen an imax it it was tremendous i cannot remember exactly what the program was but that's the highlight of it for sure
0: yeah yeah it was so cool it really was because you know i am a huge twilight zone fan but the the episode is of course uh, season three episode twenty six, which is called "Little Girl, Little Girl Lost," uh, directed by Paul Stewart, uh, written by or based on a short story by Richard Matheson. Uh, stars Sarah Marshall, Robert Sampson, Charles Aidman. Uh, production Code forty eight twenty eight. Premiered March sixteenth, nineteen sixty two. So at this point, this you know we talked about especially Jacob. You know you alluded to this too. Uh, the Twilight <laughs> Zone has a habit. <laughs> trust me what did Uh, i do now (laughs) (laughs) no 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 uh the twilight zone has a habit of sometimes taking too long to get going and uh you've definitely spotted this before and um ryan i don't know how you feel about this either but this episode doesn't really take that long to get going it literally goes into the the little girl uh having issues and crying and asking for her mom and i kind of wonder what you guys think about that because like i said we've seen episodes before where this segment wouldn't happen to like halfway through the episode so uh, like ryan what do you think about that
2: yeah i i love that it's basically the cold open solves the title by the time you actually see the title on screen the little girl is already lost and it is yeah. a remarkable amount of streamlining that at Cannot happen sometimes. And, and when you guys get to season four, you'll see that that happens a lot considering that they're <laughs> hour long episodes and nobody yeah. involved wanted to make hour long episodes.
0: <laughs> but yeah, this
3: is,
0: this
2: is cutting it right. This is right up to the wire. This is, this is remarkably straightforward for a twilight zone episode.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of nice actually, because like I said, it's when you, when you have only like 24 minutes and you have to get to your point pretty quickly, it's nice to see that they're not, uh, you know, meandering i guess is the easiest way to put it you see like in the i don't know showdown with rance mcgrew and stuff like that or one more paul Bear, it just i don't know I, like what do you guys how you guys feel about that because i know jacob you, like i said you have alluded to in the past and you're correct uh that these episodes tend to kind of take forever to get going sometimes well not forever but uh a
3: long part of their runtime yeah some of them like kind of draw on a little bit it's kind of like you know the beginning was kind of slow and then it picked up after the Act break. But this one just jumped, you know, as, right out the gate. Mommy, help me. <laughs> help me, help me. And uh, as like like Ryan said, you kind of know the, the the title is explained right there in the very beginning. I did like that. Uh, this one didn't really, it did not seem like, and 24 minutes is not a long time, but it didn't seem like 24 minutes. Some of them drag by sometimes. This one did not. It was, it was very snappy, especially there in the beginning. It just jumped right into it. And it had you intrigued the whole time, so, or me intrigued. The whole time as to like what was going on, where was, you know, the kid. And I thought the, I liked how the parents reacted. Like the dad, when he went in there, it wasn't quite as theatrical as sometimes you get in some of these older shows because, you know, a lot of these actors came from the theater. So they were very theatrical in their acting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it just seemed kind of, he was like, where, where, where the hell are you? What are are you, where are you at? Did you fall out of bed? What's going on? (laughs) And he's like laughing about it, like, well, where are you at? And then like, it kind of sets in that something's going on here.
0: And so, yeah, Yeah, the tallest, uh, tallest bed I've ever seen for a kid. I don't, I don't know. know. Full six six feet off the floor. (laughs) 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 The kid needs to jump on the bed. and She falls off and like breaks her hip or something like that. (laughs) Well, you know, they
1: had to be able to move it with two people. So they're like, okay, we're going to make this the most unlikely bed possible.
0: Right. And (laughs) I was laughing because like they're, they're constantly like just under the bed, just like sweeping it. Like, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like they keep going. Like, yeah, exactly. He's just even through the uh, like small act break they have before Rod Sterling appears. Yeah, it's uh, he's still checking under the bed, like he's gonna find that kid. And And I don't know what kid's room is this where there's not one single toy under that bed. (laughs) It ain't none of my
3: kids. (laughs) You've been throwing them through the wall.
1: True, There, true. there
0: you go. Could be that. They're often the the fourth dimension or fifth dimension, <laughs> right? Um, actually, another thing I don't know, Ryan, if you knew this or not, but uh, Paul Stewart was actually good friends with Orson Welles, and he is he's actually the Citizen narrator. Kane. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's oh, in Citizen
2: Kane. He's the he's the butler. He's Charles oh, Kane's butler.
0: Oh, that's right, because he was the announcer for War of the Worlds. I think if I read that right.
1: Oh, he was part of the Mercury um players
0: yeah he was apparently good friends yeah he's uh he directed and he was good friends with orson wells but yeah he's a mercury theater direct uh producer rehearsal director cavalcade nice. of america um yes it isn't kane like you said i didn't even see that it's pretty crazy yeah he had a pretty story career and he only directed a little bit but um i say this is his only twilight zone episode and i safe to say it was a it was a pretty good banger of an episode for something that could have been really cheesy it, you know, obviously, uh, inspired a lot of stuff later on. But with that said, it's the episode doesn't like I say, it gets going. It's quick. It moves pretty fast, and uh, like you know, Ron Sterling, he just comes in quickly. Like it, it just, it's one of those snappy episodes that just moves and moves and moves. And you know, I was usually wait for like forty five minutes to an hour before I get to the opening narration because I forget about it. But uh, like it happens so quickly. What's up? I love
3: his reveal. A lot of Oh, that was yeah, so yeah. good. so many of them it is clear that his part was filmed another time like they'll do a whip cut or or uh yeah. some some like cut or something like that. And there's a cut, but the one of the players from the actual episode, if you if you notice a lot of the times you can see where they cut it and the actual performers, the actors aren't in the room with Rod Serling when he does this. This one he absolutely I mean unless they covered it up real damn good. He was in the room with them like when because it shows him and then it like pans away from him under the bed and back then i don't see how they could have cut that to to make it look as seamless as it did without Yeah, he
2: was definitely in the room yeah, yeah. they were all there
3: yeah I that was yeah. it was a really neat one you go over to these feet and i was like oh that's rod's feet <laughs> oh, yeah. It's rod's <laughs> yeah it's
0: what's probably really funny is like they're uh they're looking up like Where'd you come from, Rod? Like you're you're either behind a tree or you're you he know whip the portal to... in the wall. This is yeah, my exactly. daughter's
2: room. Why are you smoking in it? Come on. <laughs>
1: dude. <laughs> oh my god. I I have I have thoughts on uh, it's a later point, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So
0: yeah, uh, but yeah, Jacob, go ahead and uh, hit us up with the uh opening narration. Oh, of course, of course. Missing one frightened
3: little girl, name Bettina Miller. Description, six years of age, average height and build. Light brown hair, quite pretty. Last seen being tucked in bed by her mother a few hours ago. Last heard, hey, there's the rub. As Hamlet put it, for Bettina Miller, can't be heard quite clearly, despite, can be heard quite clearly, despite the rather curious fact that she can't be seen at all. Present location, let's say for the moment, in the Twilight Zone
1: so the thing that i love about this prologue is it's almost like a police report like it kind of lists all of the facts and and like like a missing child type report i think that's so cool
0: more missing persons
2: reports could include the the line quite pretty
0: (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) or hamlet um
2: I Ta- I'm get- typing up. This guy's six feet, and he was wearing dark slacks at the time. Was he kind of hot? Yeah, he was kind of hot. Kind of handsome.
3: That's all we <laughs> need to see on the back of the milk carton <laughs> The very bottom, ah, missing, <laughs> fuckable.
0: <Yeah. laughs> Instead of their picture of like, and like, just be like. <laughs> Actually, I, I got to ask you this, Ryan, and I don't know if this is something you notice. Um, I'm pretty, you know, Richard Matheson is a, a very well known, very respected writer in his own right, and something I've noticed about uh, Richard Matheson and his like all his stories is they deal they deal with some kind of fear, some kind of loss, some kind of loneliness, some kind of um, object that is constantly just like putting him at like you know the worst possible situation. And, you know, you see that with the I Am Legend. You see that with last The Last Man on Earth or Mega Man, whatever you want to call it. Duel. You see that with like, yeah, Duel. Duel. Yeah, Duel. Uh, really? You see that with, you know, um, the other episodes that he's written for the Twilight Zone, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Like, what do you think about that? Like, you know, you get he brings in people like uh, Richard Matheson. He brings in people like uh, Charles Beaumont. He, of course, he writes a lot of the stuff. He did Stir of, Echo, of Echoes, What Dreams May Come, stuff like that. And how do you feel about uh, Richard Matheson, like doing his stories and like how they relate and kind of the human psychology and stuff like that, especially with a story like this and like working with like uh, Roger Corman, all that good stuff.
2: Well, I love Matheson. He is the master of the great idea. He knew how to seize upon something in his life and realize how to make that thing relatable, despite the fact that it's through like a gossamer of science fiction. Like my favorite science fiction movie of all time is The Incredible Shrinking Man which he wrote, I believe that's 1955. So that's two years after this short story was published. Yeah, And it was a simple thing. Like he was watching a movie with Cary Grant and Cary Grant was putting a hat on and all of a sudden the hat was too big for his head. And immediately he's like, aha, I have an idea. A guy is shrinking. And it's like, I don't know how you got from point A to point B, uh, Richard, but God bless you because my God, I could never (laughs) do that. Oh, that well, is I mean, a
0: fantastic like
1: fantastic movie too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it, it's great because like you look at stuff like What Dreams May Come, you look at stuff like Stir of Echoes. There Jaws there 3D. is like a what's that? <laughs> Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. <laughs> he wasn't as
3: a writer yes, on that. Nobody's, perfect, I know, I know, Nobody's perfect, man.
2: Nobody's perfect.
1: Hey, there's nothing wrong with Jaws 3D. The only problem was, you know, when, when Jaws was coming towards <laughs> the out. underwater thing. Nothing the only wrong problem with Jaws was 3D when 3D they made a movie and Jaws they called 3D. it Jaws 3D. <laughs> That's
2: the only problem with Jaws 3 Well, 3D.
1: That, that and, you know, the Jaws fact that Jaws.
3: Only thing wrong with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the fact that you've got the Jaws like coming towards like the underwater base thing and he looks like a loaf of bread just like moving along.
3: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can chroma key better than
0: the people that made that yeah. movie. <laughs> good. Yeah um but that. like he i think i think what's great also is that he worked with um, of course roger corman and like house of the usher and uh um, hitting the pendulum and some other oh, stuff this. that he's worked on yeah um, the, the, the and, post cycle yeah yeah uh yeah it's like it's pretty crazy like i i know that you know i i harp on charles bowman a lot and just for a simple fact i think some of his stories are are a little rough around the edges, but I never, I've looked through Richard Matheson's stories, uh, just in the Twilight Zone alone, and there are no like bad episodes that he really wrote. I mean, I'm sure there's ones that are like lesser than others, but it just, it's amazing to watch a guy just so talented and so
3: Richard well, well written.
0: Problem What's with that? these things. His stories are
3: actually good. It's what people do with his stories, is where, except Jaws 3D.
2: <laughs> Again, and, no problems with Jaws three, and he has good genetics because his son Chris Matheson, uh, co writer of the Bill and Ted movies, and yep. uh, I believe uh, Three O'clock High. Yeah, I mean, yep. The, I think he uh, the legacy is he, uh, is alive in his son. I could say that much. It, he's not as good as his dad, but the legacy is alive.
3: I mean, he did Bill and Ted, so <laughs> I think he uh, may be maybe a little better in some part wrote the go- yeah, He wrote
0: a Goofy movie. Oh, that's that's right. like a,
2: like, I, like i was saying better than his dad <laughs> exactly <laughs> what i was saying yep,
0: yep. excellent um
1: <sighs> things are amiss uh, there's things are afoot at the circle k bogus.
0: that's what they that's what they said when they were drawing the little this the little display thing on the wall they're like hey it's a circle k <laughs> station um, but no, like, like I said, it, it's a really interesting thing to see when it comes to like Richard Matheson. But this episode, it's remarkable in the simple fact that it just, it's very simple. It's not, it, it tries to be smart, but it doesn't try to dumb you down or try, it doesn't try to make you feel dumb for watching it. And I, I kind of love that the Jeff, is it Jeff? Is it, what is that what his name is? or is No, it Jeff
1: is the yes. eye behind. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, no, I th- I kept thinking they called him so- they called him Jeff, but it was Bill. Uh, they called Bill over after they've spent oh, like eight hours underneath <laughs> the bed trying to find this kid. Right. And then he's like, I got to let the stupid dog in. And the dog just runs into the wall because, you know, dogs are, you know, <laughs> running into anything that'll get him Some in asshole. trouble. And <laughs> 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 we are like, we hate this dog, but he just runs in and like, I mean, okay, like save, a- save our kid.
3: Two foot section here that this dog, I- honestly, if you look at like when we get to the point where they map it out, and they have it like drawn on the wall. There's actually a lip there so the dog should have kind of like tripped into the hole. Yeah. Cuz they had like little soft especially... legs, you know. So.
0: <laughs> but they call Bill over and Bill is a uh, is a physicist, right? Which yeah it's it's a weird kind of setup because it's like it's supernatural in its own right but they they just know a guy named bill who's a physicist and it is a little weird to be fairly honest i don't know what you think about this uh ryan like how you feel about the fact that they just have a friend that's a physicist that is able to within five seconds kind of explain what is going on and uh, like i said i know this is one of your favorite episodes but is that weird to you at all? Or how do you feel You feel about oh, that? Because no, because I live next strange. door
2: to nuclear scientists and we talk about stuff all the time. So I don't think it's weird to have such professionals living next door.
0: Duh. Oh, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's specific. true. It's just, ahead, no, I know. <laughs> I live next door um, to a
3: gynecologist and we talk about
0: this. I mean, I live next to, next door to not. a graveyard for like 20 years. So that's why I'm weird and crazy and spooky. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, But yeah, it's, it, it's just, it feels like it it's not like the worst thing in the world, but it is a little strange that the one guy that could kind of explain everything just happens to be like a good friend of theirs. And it's not like the worst thing in the world. Cause we have seen 10 times worse in the twilight zone. I was just curious what, like what you guys think about that and what you think about that, Ryan, just having this guy that's able to, you know, do the, the Beetlejuice thing and mark on the wall and, you know, open up the door and see, you know, a football team has been dead in a, like a plane crash or something like that. <laughs>
2: well, story. I, I personally like it. I mean, it is definitely a convenience. It's one of those things where if you actually sit down and think about it, like, well, wow, I hope if anybody has anybody falling into the fourth dimension, we would be living next to a physicist. Right. But (laughs) it is the fact that Richard Matheson is just saying, fuck it, who cares? He's a physicist. He lives next door. Let's move on, move on. Let's get to the point where they go into the fourth dimension. And I appreciate that about it, because if this was the fourth season, this Uh guy would arrive at minute thirty five. (laughs) <laughs> and it would be intolerable
0: right yeah um actually uh, let me ask you about that the fourth dimension isn't that usually like I- i'm not uh, like so smart about this kind of stuff but isn't the fourth dimension dealing with time travel or is it dealing with something because i i don't know offhand i always thought it was like a time travel kind of like i believe you know...
2: that it just it operates uh, operates outside of time and space but i don't know if it's necessarily time travel i think it's just anything that's beyond our physical plane of existence
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, I mean that makes sense. Is I guess I'm I'm thinking about like Back to the Future. I think he's like, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. Like, oh yeah, that's a problem. I think I think like that too. But it's it's interesting <laughs> because in you know Jacob and Trevor, what you guys think about this? It's they're able to explain that it, that we live in this third dimension that we are one step below the fourth dimension. And he goes into like some details that kind of aren't surface level details. I mean, we're not, you know, what's her face from mirror image where she's like a rocket scientist or whatever. Here, the guy is able to give us just enough information for like a three or four minute speech. And like, what do you guys think about that kind of stuff too? Because it's it's really interesting. It doesn't like, you know, it doesn't like, you know. Needs. Yes. Well, do you know why? They live next door to a
3: physicist, and he's able to explain this so quickly. Is this is a dad joke. They have
0: twenty-four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> thank
3: you,
0: thank you for that. Uh If you're wondering, there, if you're listening to this, Jacob just put a twenty-four. I thought you were doing like twenty-four from like the Keeper Sutherland show. That's awesome. <laughs> that picture was too small to take up the whole the whole uh, screen. <laughs> Like oh this my one. god <laughs> terrible
1: oh
0: my god no i mean in all honesty like like they they do you know and they do a, a pretty decent job of just giving you enough information where it doesn't make it feel make you feel stupid for what exactly is going on because once again we'd have to spend six hours just learning about the fourth dimension in its own right but here they they're able to kind of you know break it break it down and Little girl, you know, her crying and the dog barking and somehow they're near and the back to uh, the future. Dude. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't give fine. you they,
0: they have this thing that is like really high
3: level that would, like you said, take hours and hours to explain, like time travel with a fucking yep. car. And instead of explaining to you exactly how it works, they just give you the basics. Hey, this car, would you get it to eighty 80- 88 86 88. yeah 88, 88 miles, miles an hour you yeah. get it to 88 miles an hour you're going backwards and forwards in time bam that's it I mean that's all we need to know we don't need to know how that works just like here we don't need to necessarily know how it works it just can and that's actually part of the mystique is because they do say we don't totally know why this works how it works we, when we get to the end you know they talk more about that it's but it does it happens
1: yeah, absolutely so I did love and I While he was explaining it and kind of drawing on the wall, I had to laugh. It felt like the most Twilight, like, you know, you think stereotypical Twilight Zone explanations. It felt like the most Twilight Zone explanation of the fourth dimension. The way, like the the way he paused at various points, the tone of his speech, the way it was edited. It felt like, like, like the most, like if you took, if you typed in Twilight Zone, that part would come up. I feel like.
0: Yeah. I I think, (laughs) you know what I think would happen? I think if a little girl had gone to the fifth dimension, she would have seen a weird looking guy on a chair, smoking Chesterfield cigarettes, talking to the camera. <laughs> and she Lord was like, um, I need to go one dimension down. And he's like, yeah, take the stairs to the left, follow the exit sign, you know, straight into the straight towards Jeff, the eyeball, that type of thing. But
1: I, I do um, have a, I do have a general yeah. question. And I know in the mantra of MSC 3 k repeat to yourself, it's just a show. You should really just relax. But they go into the bedroom, they don't see their daughter, they're like, oh shit, she's somewhere else. They don't search the house, like, at all. Like they they just like, oh, she's not in the bedroom, but they don't, like, look in the closet of the bedroom. They don't look in the hallway or anything like that. Well, they
3: hear her in there.
1: That is true.
3: That in the is room. true. Like, I, I think they're using, like, auditory senses. They, like, hear her. Like, she's right here or here, but yeah, you'd think they would look somewhere else and be like, maybe she's throwing her voice or something. She's learned a new talent, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's in... The spherical cue or spherical uh, ball from uh, what's that? Was that movie with the uh, sphere? Oh, was it? No, no, not sphere. The um, <laughs> the movie with there was like a it's like a horror series horror franchise. Uh, uh, that one, Dantasm? Phantasm. Yeah, thank Phantasm. Thank you. With the, the death <laughs> ball? We need to have you on more, Ryan, because you actually get the references. Takes me forever to, ever to explain refer- them. But... How would we get that ref? <laughs> the sphere, the little sphere. ball sphere. sphere right, that but there was has.
1: nobody inside the spheres.
3: Well, there were know. yeah. They, they put I just they, know he had spheres. They did didn't they put like brains in them or something at one point or?
1: Oh, you're well. No, know. they they <laughs> took they took brains out, but.
3: Oh no, the little midget like uh, uh, a looking things. They were people. That
1: oh were, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. You're right. You're right. We're,
3: we're getting way off track here. <laughs> one Me real quick Jawa, thing,
1: a... like, and I know it's a little bit down the way, but I love the fact that they end up finding her inside the liquor cabinet. Like that's where she's like come to rest. Like where her voice was coming from. It was a liquor cabinet. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even
3: notice that. <laughs> or it was, yeah, a fa- it, was... it was
1: a fancy cabinet with, like, liquor and, and glasses on top it of it. It
0: was the 60s. It was a cabinet. It was a liquor cabinet.
1: Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> liquor cabinet with a uh, record player on top. Yeah.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, the 60s, yeah. they were class. The
0: dish where you put all the keys
2: for your key party, you know? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically when they draw the, the, the outline, which is very, it's actually well-recognized as like one of the most famous images from the twilight zone, I believe. And, you know, it's fascinating because he likes, you know, it's 60s special effects, but it's pretty, I don't know what you guys feel about it. Him sticking his hand through the wall. You can kind of see the edits. You can kind of see probably a screen that was kind of put over. Maybe they were doing it that way, but like, what do you guys think about like the effect and, yeah yeah composite stuff like that but what do you think about that ryan and guys what do you guys think uh like the visual Well, it's kind surprisingly of, you know, it's you know,
2: not an optical shot it was actually done no? by having the wall be a few feet beyond where the where the rest of the wall was and it created an optical illusion when he puts his hand through it so surprisingly oh, no, it's actually not a special effect
0: huh. yeah because i to say it's a it's a pretty good if it was a visual effect it'd be pretty good but yeah it's a if they angle it properly it does look pretty good it's um i know like they do stuff with, like pepper's ghost which you know they'll have a piece of glass either off to the bottom or off to the side angle that can go off of, like a, a silk screen or something like that but well I mean, too, yeah, in it's, the way that it's interpreted
1: yeah. like trying to like visually explain like to i mean because you think your average person watching this they're gonna have some understanding of sci-fi but by and large like understanding that your kid fell through a wall how do you visually show that, you know? Yeah. And they they did a solid job. Like it's a simple, straightforward metaphor. Oh, it's like walking into fog, or the wall is like not solid.
0: It's interesting because you know, even with a story like this, there it can run short because you know they have to keep the the kid in the you know in the the whatever dimension the fourth dimension and they have to keep the story going so the fact that the i don't know how you guys feel about this either but the fact that the kid can't find the entrance and like you know what is the implications of like what this dimension or this alternate universe whatever it means like you know you look at something like uh new nightmares from you know freddie and like that altered dimension that peers up and he walks in and how weird and abstract you look at hellraiser two same thing with like the the the, uh the maze or anything like that like what do you guys think about that this simple fact that like the story could be 10 minutes long and they found a way to keep it going because once again it could be very dry and boring and they somehow made it work but what do you guys think
1: i think it was successful i mean they didn't they didn't linger on any one thing for too long i mean with any with any show it doesn't matter if it's twilight zone or something else there's probably always those one or two places where you could tighten things up but i i think that they made good use of their time and they didn't they're like oh she moved crap like that whole that whole bit to see you know trying to find her and locate and even the way they were trying to explain the ins and outs of turning over and being in a completely different place as compared to walking several feet like they did a good job with that
3: I'm pretty sure that dimension they went to is the same dimension they went to in Insidious. Oh, the further? <laughs> is that what it is? I don't
1: know. Uh, I think so, yeah.
3: I did keep I mean, was I the only one who kept thinking that like when he was like reaching for and all that, like some other creature or something was gonna like jump up and or like he was gonna suddenly be like, oh and, like some monster would be there or something. For this kind
2: I of I you've just written a better version of this episode, oh my god, if there <laughs> were monsters in the fourth dimension, that'd be awesome. Well,
3: or some kind of creature there that would have some threat. I mean, yes, there's a threat that your kid's gonna be lost there, I guess. That's bad enough, sure. <laughs> Whatever. But I mean <laughs> I think it would have been cool if there was like something in there with her, or at least allude to it to give it a little bit more uh uh tension. Um and maybe that's a cat one.
2: Or he he reaches his hand in and he pulls something out and it's not his daughter and he's like what a, who the hell are you never mind pushes her back in yeah and reaches back in tries Who's to grab another kid? thing wrong one yeah.
0: no or actually uh, next
2: door are you t- me oh, whatever but, it's a but, monsters you know.
0: a Monsters Inc situation it just like went oh, to the wrong dimension pulls a Yeti out yeah. of there
2: yeah just pulls him back well, no you actually
1: could have even done something like that with like if he's reaching his hand through and then. Maybe from the outside of the screen, you see something else come through. But that, I think that would be cool. really, you got to be so careful with that, though, because like something that's serious can turn into farce very quickly if you're not careful.
3: That part where it showed his hand and it focused on his hand like close up for a long time and he's reaching out. I kept expecting some like gorilla hand or something to be like, <laughs> like ah, or something like that. No, I think that would have been cool. No, I, um... like dark figure running around in the back or something like that. I wouldn't even need an yeah. explanation as to what it
0: was. That's why, um that's why I think poltergeist does so well is it as in this are this era of um like like uh like um horror and disturbing nature that this episode doesn't do, but it does it really well on the simple fact that like you know this girl in this in poltergeist is in trouble and it gives you kind of like the nature of that whole situation. And here the girl's just as it says, the title you know says she's lost, and I, I just found it fascinating that she's, as we'll see, she she's lost in this place that you know where it like it doesn't it doesn't seem like she can even see in front of her, and I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it's just a really fascinating thing where you know she is just like scared and she's just like in this like situation and is she wandering down all those rooms with doors and like I, I don't know. It's it's really a really fascinating thing and kind of you know how do you how do you deal with a situation like that? I mean I know it's the Twilight Zone and it's a you know work of fiction, but it, like I said it's it's a metaphor for losing a kid and how terrifying that it can be and I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that.
2: It's it's existential panic. Like if we were yeah. in an alternate dimension I would imagine it would be as uh, cohesive and as sensical as her adventure is, which is to say not at all. like our right. it's kind of like when you see Cthulhu and it just blows your brain and it just explodes because you can't handle that knowledge. like that's yeah. what I imagine going into the fourth dimension would be like you're just your brain just done yeah,
3: so whenever I like... with a woman, she just you know blows <laughs> come off her mind explodes. it's like she just can't
0: comprehend. <laughs> it's like when you smoke <laughs> a gigantic amount of weed and you feel like you're two different people and you have no concept of what's going on personal um, experience there nick i don't know maybe i don't know <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain no but I, it's um yeah, i'm sorry go ahead trip go ahead i'm uh,
1: just gonna say and and it's uh, there's so much that you could I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of things that could be pulled from this and i know that we have already talked about with um uh, what's the one where machines come to life Um, a thing about machines yeah a thing about machines um like yeah that too (laughs) but like when the the car was out running around and that was kind of a basis for christine i feel like that that stephen king had the same thing with this one he did a a book or a book called from a buick eight and it's essentially like people fall into the trunk of this car and they end up in this just crazy landscape and like
0: well i mean that's a that's a dark tower too you have a kid who lives Oh, true yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, all Egg. his. A lot of his books deal with like people being stuck in situations where you know it's very different and weird and is you know unlike anything they've ever experienced. Um, but it's. I just uh,
1: yeah, I, I I got the distinct feeling for that book specifically. I, and obviously there's a lot more to pull from it. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um. It really, it really is a like a. It's a creepy episode, in the simple fact that it just they can't figure out where this girl <laughs> where this girl is like they can't figure they're searching high and low you know the the it just like the best i think one of my favorite parts of this episode is like when the mother ruth goes into her room and there's just a picture of her girl on on the you know on the desk the whatever art. um dresser. what is that thing dresser thank you and she's like searching under the bed. It just that one picture like instills a simple fact of just how crazy and strange and intense the situation is. And like you see this little girl is very innocent and she's stuck in this place that is never fully explained on how it even happens. And they will never explain it because it's up to kind of your imagination to like why did this dimension pop up out of nowhere. Why is it at this house? You know, is there like skeletons underneath the house? I mean, it just, you never know what's going on, but I don't I like know. that it I wasn't supernatural.
3: Yeah.
0: It never presented it as
3: supernatural. And I like that that it presented it yeah. as just, it's science. It's just not science you
0: understand yet. Yeah. It's like frequency, the movie frequency a little bit yeah. where there's no real explanation outside of just a, you know, sky, whatever the aurora Borealis oh. or whatever yeah. it is, but it makes sense. You just can't make sense of it
1: exactly you yeah. don't understand well,
0: and- it not
3: that it's supernatural because i feel like if this was made nowadays it would be some like it would be it'd be insidious it'd be some demon dimension or something like that and you know True. i mean
0: yeah i mean in the um Treehouse of horror it's homer being stuck in a place that is nothing but math equations <laughs> fish and vision eventually erotic cakes and stuff like that when he goes to the real Ooh, world and there's no explanation cakes. for it. it's just yeah so well and two um, can you
1: imagine like and and you kind of touched on this too, but like you can do nothing like to be a parent in yeah. that situation and you know, you try to protect them from you know, predators and and bullies and all of the things of life. and yet you run up against this random like hole in space that falls, you know into your kid's bedroom and sucks them up or doesn't suck them up. but you know, kid falls into it at like a random hour of hey the man. night. <laughs>
0: do you think that's actually let me ask you guys this question. I'll ask you, Ryan as well. like, how like this? This is one of the things that kind of makes this episode really interesting. Is the little girl is already stuck in this dimension when the story starts? Did you have, Do you like? Is, do you have any inkling like maybe what exactly she was doing? Did she fall in? Did she have like a nightmare did She have a dream about it? Like if you guys were to create the beginning of the story about how she got sucked into this, this situation, like where would you go with it? Like it's it's really interesting that they never fully explain how she even got there in the first place. Absolutely believable. Kids do weird ass shit when you put them to bed and leave them alone. <laughs> you think there was like a you know how many a times I found like three year
3: old under her bed for no apparent reason. I watch on the monitor and she's just like, I'm like, where is she at? And then I just see like a head or a leg poke out from under her bed. I'm like, what the f- what what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> That's what they do. She was under there fucking around and then just like, oops, fell off into a wall hole, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Twilight Zone glory hole. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> or it turned into like little monsters where she just got, she just kind of fell into the bed and yeah. rolled into the Mandel came through and said, Hey, little girl, come with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but like, Ryan, do you have any ideas like what you would think it could be? Or
2: I just, uh, I don't think that I'm smart enough to improve upon Richard Matheson. So oh. I would never deign myself to be uh, clever enough to think of how exactly the girl fell through the wall. No,
0: but, uh, Basically, it all leads to the little girl is being dragged by the dog because the dog, you know, its instincts, it knows. I don't know. It's it's really weird. It never fully explained, but the dog can kind of they, the you know, say so grab the girl. It's like somewhere to like the the Morton Salt thing or the the was it the uh, picture of the kid with the lotion. Oh the yeah, lotion. the
2: uh, copper tone. Yeah, copper tone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah they, Yes. Thank you, thank you. This leads to uh, Chris basically kind of falling stumbling whatever you want to call it into this dimension and it's a really it's one of the most effective things i've seen in the twilight zone on the simple fact that like you can tell it's not like the most like complicated shot but it's also like complicated in its own right In the simple fact that like it almost I, I don't know if it's the lens they're using i don't know if it's like they're up against like um uh, a mirror ball like they would like do for lighting effects like to figure out where the lighting what the lighting needs to be against the screen Like, what do you guys think about that? What do you what do you think about the nature of how it's presented? It's very like um, throws you off. It makes you feel like very uncomfortable. You're never kind of fully on the ground. You're kind of constantly spinning. It does like all the tricks that the 60s era can do. to to kind of throw you off on your um, uh, whatever that's called. Uh, but like ryan what do you think thank you throwing off balance thank you but like ryan what do you think about that like the nature of like how this fourth dimension is kind of portrayed in this episode
2: i i love it i love the fact that it's all diffused lenses and fog filters and just like really rudimentary stuff but completely works and what i love most about it is that it's one of the few if not the only twilight zone episode to actually see the fourth dimension visualized because usually it's yeah. just a metaphor you you right. do something it activates the twilight zone you go into it then you get out of it but you never actually get to see anybody step into that dimension it's always rod serling yeah. telling you that's what they're doing but here you actually get to see it visualized and it's it's kind of remarkable in that in that way
0: yeah it's um it's nice because they probably didn't build like a very big set like you could tell that they probably use the same doors and same wall for most of it. And like the, the nature of like, there's no real kind of, even though it's kind of supposed to be like their house in a different dimension. Cause you know, she's over here, she's over here. I just, I kind of love the simple fact that it's like a really kind of off kilter thing with, like you said, with the lenses and how the fog and you're never really sure what exactly is going on and where he's at. And it's like, um, I keep going back to Beetlejuice, but it's like when um uh Alec Baldwin character or the Gina Davis, one of the two, jumps like falls out the door and she lands like in the middle of whatever desert situation she's in, and then she cops she pops up and she's like three hours ahead, you know, stuff like that. It's a it's a really cool effect to like kind of distort your reality in a lot of ways. But what do you guys think?
1: Oh, it's it's very well done. I mean, for the time, especially, I mean, between the way it's edited, the way that it's shot. It could have come off really cheesy, but it keeps you off kilter enough where you don't, even when you notice, you don't notice.
3: I was of two minds. I like that it's so out there and just different from what we're used to. And it does, it keeps you like off balance, if you will, like we've said. So I think that's really good because it's supposed to be an unfathomable dimension where, you know, it, you you can't, it, it transcends everything that we we know here. It's a totally different dimension but on the flip side of that i kind of did want to see something you know a, a a place like where they were walking around you couldn't really see much because it was like it was like they were filming off of a reflective ball that was reflecting what they were filming and it was all over the place so you know i think it, it worked for this episode if they're going to do like a longer or like a different story where they explored that a bit more i don't know if i would be down for exploring that dimension with this effect that they used because it would be kind of difficult to do um but uh i I liked it for this but i would have if we're going to spend more time in that dimension i'd like to see something that was a little bit more familiar even though it's supposed to be unfamiliar
1: i did have to laugh when um when you see tina being pulled along by the dog like her nightgown is like attached to the dog's collar
0: yeah and do you see her
1: yeah, and you, you see her kind of laughing as she's like pulled along by the dog.
0: Um, No, the one thing that I do kind of is, is interesting and, and once again, is not fully explained because you have 24 minutes is the idea of like this physicist is like kind of able to, I don't know if he, you know, in guys they can kind of feel her presence and so like that, the young girl's presence. And here, I think it's kind of the same way where it's really interesting where they they can feel, I don't know if it's kind of a, uh like a I don't know like an energy or electricity or something of the girl's like um being and it, it can be it can be played off as like really goofy but I mean what do you guys think about that as well like you know the the stuff in the fourth dimension is a really interesting trick that they did for the but there's like there's tell signs and stuff like that that this girl is her being is still somewhat in this dimension that they're in. I don't isn't know, it? I don't they
1: hear her breathing? Like when they're able to hear her breathing, that's when they know where she is.
0: Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember offhand if that's what it was. It, it's it's just it's really kind of an interesting thing. Um, well, it's more or less like parallel though. dimensions, isn't it? Like she
3: wherever she is there, there's a point in our dimension of reality that coincides to that. Even though things are kind of topsy turvy there, so maybe like in that dimension she's in this spot, but that correlates to this spot that they're mm-hmm. I don't, liquor I don't cabinet know. equals bed oh God. i unfocused i'm back
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i hate this Liquor
1: cabinet equals bed that's all i'm gonna say
0: yeah i don't, don't know you might want to ask other people that question <laughs> might disagree with you um but yeah i mean it, I, I don't know i just thought it was kind of interesting like it's almost like he he's a physicist but he's also like a, a psychic or whatever it, it, it's 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 kind of funny in a way but also kind of uh he has a lot of information about something that's very unknown. Yeah. But yeah.
3: You know, it it happens because
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> um, because
0: anal. Yeah. There you go. Too. That too. Uh but it leads to she is the young little girl is finally able to come to her dad she's finally able to with the dog basically pulled back into the dimension and you would think well this episode of the twilight zone and ryan you probably agree like that's fine there needs to be no twist but the actual there's actually a twist in this episode where we find out that um bill actually still had a hold of um his leg of uh chris's leg and we find out that the dimension or the the portal was starting to close on him, which we don't see, which we don't realize. Bill says he didn't hear anything or he didn't feel anything. And there's this really gruesome concept where Bill could have been cut in half or I'm sorry, Chris would have been cut in half if he hadn't gone out just in the nick of time. So, I mean, that's a really interesting twist for an episode that didn't even need a twist and uh i mean ryan what do you think of that
2: i i i like it even though it causes a continuity error because you can see Uh when he's in the alternate dimension you can see that there is nobody's hands around his legs that he is completely in there by himself but i do like the the moment where he he bangs on the wall to show that it's been completely solidified it's one of those kind of like oh shit Okay, this could have yeah. gone completely in the opposite direction, and it would have been like maybe if they made Creep Show Five, that would be the ending <laughs> to that segment. But I'm yeah, I'm glad yeah, yeah. it's not the ending of of a Twilight Zone episode because it's a little yeah. gruesome. But right. it is cool to think about what it would have been like if that if that actually was the ending. That would have been pretty cool.
0: Well, that's what I have. That's actually the question I'm going to present. Then is the idea of like this dimension and its reality and how it works. You know the fact that he has a hold of, like, as you said, is a continuity area, but is it really a continuity area where is Chris feeling like he's in a dimension and like his whole body there, but he is still at, like halfway through the dimension. So like, what is the implications and the ideas and concepts of what this dimension is doing and how it's affecting, you know, because like, if you look at like the, the way the camera moves and the way that everything works in this dimension, It's constantly affecting your brain. It's constantly affecting your mind. It's constantly affecting like your sense of like realism and your sense of balance and everything. And I'm kind of wondering if like this dimension just kind of plays with your your reality, like, you know, going in the further or something like that. Or I I don't know of any other like ideas, but like, I mean, what do you think on that nature? Like, is it something that can be probable for this type of situation? Or I mean, I don't know how you feel.
1: I think it works within i would i would say that it um i don't know it's i i I didn't have an issue with it just because like like you say like your your five senses are kind of useless in this domain you know if he were to take one step forward he would have ended up 100 miles from where he was supposed to be so the fact that he didn't feel um jeff holding on to him or the fact that we see him full body uh, you know that it kind of makes sense within the context of of the wonkiness of this dimension we don't know the physics and we don't know the rules of that dimension so you're kind of at a loss for that so you know as long as you don't gain like you know three arms or you know two dicks or you know 15 eyes i wait think... wait, wait 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 what's wrong with two dicks <laughs> nothing there's, a, nothing. there's okay, video of good, that it works. You, i am just
2: saying <laughs> that i feel triggered that you mentioned this in this podcast <laughs> Because <laughs> as we all know, I have two, but she's yeah, not cool. Not Trim cool, is, Triv. Yeah, two dick phobia. Sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, first, first Triv doesn't like mayo on her sandwiches and doesn't uh, like, butter and like butter she's like, on her oh, toes. I like butter on toast. Oh, something wrong with two dicks. Yeah. Jesus. Sure. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Some people. She doesn't like her chocolate or peanut butter. Okay.
1: I do like chocolate and peanut we butter. Lo- it's like my favorite. We, we learned a lot from.
0: Uh, we learned a lot from Triv on the pot on the uh, stream. Jacob. people was pretty disturbing unless they're the ones that so have the two people, like the side-by-side dicks that's fucking weird you're gonna be the, the one on top <laughs> on the bottom there you go no but like like ryan what i was saying what i was saying about that that concept i mean do you still feel the like the concept it, of it two dicks still- i mean no that's not what i'm talking about i can
3: look at the videos hang on a second
0: <laughs> <laughs> no uh, no but I, what i was talking about like with the idea of like messing with your your reality and stuff like that compared to because you were talking about how it was um uh what, what was that word so you got me on the think about this damn two dicks thing now damn, <laughs> um it's weird. no no the uh um, continuity area that's what i was thinking of i was i was curious what you thought about maybe that idea
2: of uh, that uh that the dimension messes with your mind like that's a yeah that's yeah. not something i i had actually thought about prior to this discussion so uh well oh. done triv good i did what good i could poll. Good Yay. poll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, Triv works every sometimes. Uh, Triv works in mysterious ways.
3: I try, we don't know about.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. Um, but yeah, that's that's the episode. They they save the kid, the kid goes off with his mom, he almost gets cut in half. And uh, apparently, people have two dicks. It's been quite the episode when we talked about I, the twilight. I Zone. just
1: have this terrible image of like they get him out, but but uh, Chris is in two pieces and. Uh, ruth is like you know honey meet your dad and your other dad and like they're both sentient and such and turns into that some weird be... thing from like society
0: now we thought of a story I... for the new twilight zone right. series that Hold on. It is not through. the jordan peele thing <laughs> oh man uh so yeah that is little girl lost um any thoughts on the episode uh, after we've finished talking about it anything you guys want to talk about like with the ideas and concepts uh ryan i'll let you go first like anything else you want to bring up about it why you like it why you dislike it all that good stuff
2: well why i dislike it is no just kidding. i like this episode uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, but
2: this is this is one of the the episodes that when i saw it as a kid completely captured my imagination and it was not enough to make me want to go back and watch all the episodes of the Twilight Zone, because I was a puss, and I was scared of literally everything, and I, I figured, well, if it's sci-fi, then it has horror elements, and I don't like that dastardly horror stuff. But by the time I got to college and started really getting into Rod Serling and the show, this was kind of, seeing this again was was just that that shot in the arm of like, oh yeah, this is, this is why this show is good, and I absolutely adore this episode.
1: Well, I have two things. One, I love the fact that it's a very small point, but I love the fact that Ruth has high heeled slippers and another was a thing <laughs> back in the, back in the fifties and sixties, but the fact that it's actually in this episode and she's trying to run around in high heeled slippers makes me laugh. Um, hey, Bryce Alice
0: Hour can do it. This woman <laughs> in the sixties can do it.
1: True. Very true. <laughs> um, the other thing I had to laugh about was, and it, it happens after, after the whole episode is over and they've gone and told you what's going to be on for next week and then rod serling does his whole like chesterfield um advertisement and just the fact that an advertisement for cigarettes ends is on the back end of this episode about a little girl i just i find that so funny like the 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 disconnect between the 60s and now is just funny in that and respect and it's
3: not separate either it's like no. part of because usually he, those those he pauses for a separate. second
2: and then immediately yeah. moves on to talking about oh uh, they satisfy it's like wait yeah. what huh okay sure because they usually
3: they usually have like his little hey this is was next week and then there'll be like a cut and it'll be like a an, a, a separate advertisement he filmed or something but no this one yeah. was like, by the way if you found this satisfying know what else Chesterfields that's what I want to satisfy or Oasis for the smoothest.
1: Yeah, softest taste. Softest, the softest, yeah. smoothest. <clears throat> Get it right, man.
0: Yeah, it's smooth. <laughs> um, it's not toilet paper. What What's kind of funny? I don't know if you guys have watched uh, quiz show, but th- they did this in the '60s where they had um, the person, the the talent, just basically in the middle of the show do an ad for I don't know uh, Hoover or oh, cigarettes yeah. or something. It, it was pretty crazy. It's not like now where you know they actually have marketing companies doing it all you know just like you know 12 minutes of tv commercials it was anyways it the... nowadays can't talk about the cigarettes
3: with kids <laughs> right when i was a kid fucking GoBots had cigarettes
1: <laughs> so did the flintstones
0: <laughs> yeah they did. right no um and this was the first episode on paramount plus that actually had that commercial well, the rest really? of them never had that commercial. Yeah, yeah, huh. I thought that was kind of interesting. So. That is probably because it's built into it like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, one other also... real
1: quick. One other real yeah. quick thing. Did you notice on the the I, I think on the intro music too, but on the outro music they used a slightly different track.
3: Oh yeah, it was like house music.
1: Yeah, like it was like what was used previously, <laughs> but it, <just> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was slightly different like i went back and listened to the episode previously like the outro for that and it was different
0: are you talking about like the end credits yeah 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 actually it's kind of ironic that another really great episode of the series is um talking tina episode and yeah. it actually is the same it's the same two girls the voice oh. and the, the young girl uh, oh that's why that right. they have or... a vo- a separate voice for the little girl some a little, year a little girl old stuck woman. in the fourth dimension, and she was scared, and, and made her voice turn into some thirty-year-old woman. Just... Year old woman. <laughs> yeah, there's some random woman in the 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 fourth dimension that was like, you know, she's like, I don't. So want that really her yell. parents
3: were like, who the fuck is this
0: person yelling <laughs> in my house? And where's I my kid <laughs> I mean, for all we know, the parents were like mad at her when she uh, got back from the fourth dimension, and you know, locked her up, and her grandmother died, and she talked to her on the phone, and oh god eventually yeah, wow. yeah wow yeah
2: Oof. wow Oof. Oof. so anyways
0: with that said anybody else have anything else to say apparently
3: i think triv alluded to this or at least part of it earlier but i I just read this that the um the story was based on a story that did you did you mention this that it was based on triv uh
1: no i didn't i mean <laughs> nick said that it was based on a matheson story
3: Well, yeah, his story, his story is based on a a true life event where it says uh, Matheson wrote a short story based on the real life incident involving his young daughter who fell off her bed while asleep. That happens and rolled against a wall. Despite hearing her daughter's cries for help, Matheson's wife was intently unable to locate her daughter. That's creepy. Dumbass. (laughs) 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 How big is this fucking bed? I mean, how many places could the kid be?
1: massive it's massive there's yeah. too many there, uh like bed skirts yeah
0: it's, well there was a movie where like it was like i don't know if it was one of spoof uh spoof movies or whatever but like there was like six corners of the bed underneath or like looking at one side of the bed then they look at another and like six more times they look at the different post and they come back and there's a creatures there that's, pretty <laughs> that's <funny>. awesome <laughs> uh, but anyways uh with that said that is the episode and uh, we'll do the closing narration Jacob. Oh, yeah, I have. I totally
3: have that ready. Hang on.
0: Um, <laughs> the other half, where?
3: The fourth dimension. The fifth, perhaps. They never found the answer, despite a battery of research. Physicists equipped with every device known to man, electronic and otherwise. No result was ever achieved. Except perhaps a little more respect for the uncertainty about the mechanisms of the Twilight Zone yeah made bow, it sexy bow.
1: why did you make it sexy oh
3: <laughs> <Bow, bow>,
0: always <laughs> oh man yeah, all man. right all right um so yeah that's little girl lost season three episode 26 and uh let's do it let's get Woo-hoo. into the closing never- or of course never- do it, do it. let's just get into it. the i'm not doing it again oh i sent wow. you I- <laughs> so, so let's do it let's get into the last portion of this uh that's episode a, a of trick. our episodes Uh, big big dm (laughs) right uh which of course is the twilight zone ranking list the greatest ranking list because we love ranking lists who doesn't like ranking lists you know we love ranking lists and ross certainly do we we like ranking
1: lists i i didn't know
0: uh okay so this list is long that's she said Girthy, and uh is this a this is a top 20 episode yes or no
1: yes i would say
3: um <laughs>
0: <laughs> now how far up the list are we going to go on this? I know I know Ryan you said it would be top ten, but do you guys think it's a top ten episode or do you think it's between 10 and 20? Like, where do you guys see and yeah, uh, I'll do how... good
3: with that? You just need to give me a starting point and then I can debate
0: it. I did, you. I give you twenty.
3: Oh, come on. What's so
0: it's <laughs> better than the silence. Um is it, it kinda... better than God. For,
1: for me, it, it kind of has a similar vibe, so I don't know why. It kind of feels like a similar vibe to Five Characters in Search of an Exit, just because they're dealing with a thing that is so outside the realm of their knowledge. So I would say start there.
3: Um, hmm. I mean, Five Characters is a good one.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I really liked this episode. I did. And, like, there's not even anything, like, monumental that happens in this episode, like, with Five Characters and in search of an exit but it's just this is just a really well put together and really well done episode i thought
0: uh would this be better than like,
3: being our guest
2: i think this is better than will the real martian please stand up but uh i'm biased uh it's def it's not as good as it's a good life so i'm already confused here between 12 <laughs> and 14 yeah, yeah that's, we'll, about, we'll that's do about
0: that sounds about, right. yeah, it sounds about right yeah sounds <laughs> about right
1: everyone that comes on they're like oh, how did our you do this list, list
3: only exists in the fourth dimension so it's <laughs> kind of hard to disseminate and understand
1: the things that drive the decisions from week to week change <laughs> kind of I mean they, they stay consistent but yeah anyway
3: <laughs> every time we do this one of us usually me is like how why is that one so high why is that one there why is this above that <laughs>
0: would you put this like about purple Testament.
1: I think
2: this I one has the a question
3: is, have you seen all of these in the top 20?
2: Oh, that's for me. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen all the episodes, but no, okay. Recently, not enough to, to, to be uh, on top with this. My God, you guys are stressing me out here. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. Sophie's like no, choice thing. This is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe I'm this, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm actually physically sweating. Oh God. This is, this it's...
0: is uh this is how we are every week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Except
0: when we get to Trouble Templeton. Like, yeah, that episode sucks.
1: And 16mm Shrine, but we don't talk about that.
0: Uh, you, I don't talk about that.
1: That is true, you don't.
0: Um, I mean, well, is, holly, this, I, is this an episode that is better than like, walking distance? Or is it worse than walking distance? Is it better than Purple Testament? Is it better see, than Shadowplay?
1: I'm kind of in a weird place because, and I know we run into this a lot, but I think this is better than a stop at Willoughby. But I don't think it's better than Purple Testament or Shadowplay, which is a whole lot of not helpful.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be here for a half hour, Trev. It's all your fault. I
1: know. Everything's my fault. It's because I don't like mayo, isn't it?
3: Okay, so if yes. we're if we're in that that ten range, I'm gonna so like say, ten to
1: So fifteen ish.
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna just start at ten and see where I come up. I really like Purple Testament
0: um i mean if it were me i put this between shadow play and will the real martian please stand up but that's just me because i, I, I did Testament. i really like this episode i'm oh, sorry go ahead no no i'm just saying that's that's kind of where i would land I, i'm just asking you guys because i'm curious what you guys purple i think shadow Sh- play is a really interesting really thought-provoking episode i think will the real martian please stand up is fine um i think it's good no more than fine I think it has an interesting ending. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> it has um, uh, Roddy McDowell in it. I think it's Roddy McDowell. Yeah. yeah.
3: I think that what, what does Purple Testament, what what ranks it so high for me is it had fantastic performances that you didn't see. And not that the performances in Twilight Zone were bad. They were very of their era. Purple Testaments, and I've said this a hundred times, well, 90 times, I guess. Um, Purple Testament's performances were leaps and bounds just above what the other one there's so much more sincere and that really pushed that one ahead uh like the actual story of purple testament was was good but it was really the performances um story-wise and just like what i i like this one more uh stop at willoughby I, stop at willoughby was fine but i don't hold it as higher regard as you guys so i think this is better than stop at willoughby i think it's better than walking distance um i think it's better than obsolete man i don't think it's better wow, than to serve man Right, but just like starting right there where Triv was a second ago and working my way down I would watch this before any of those they're all great episodes but I would work, watch it before those and you get to, to serve man you know that's just uh, such a hell of a iconic episode and then yeah. you got monsters Death's Head revisited I know you guys, I didn't hate it but you guys liked it a lot more than I did, Shelter was great of course The Invaders <laughs> number one um, that's where I'm currently sitting,
1: so between like seven and uh, so, like, seven is kind of what you're thinking.
3: Yeah, if you asked me, if I was the only part, if I was on here by myself, just playing with my two dicks, I'd be like, hey, yeah, number, number seven.
1: <laughs> I could see I don't necessarily feel
3: that
1: out- oh, occasionally. Oh, um, <laughs> not when my eyes are closed, but um, <laughs> I think it's definitely better than to stop at Willoughby. I, I'm on the fence about if it's better than walking distance, but I, I could fall in that seven to nine range. Nick? Ryan?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean like we gave Ryan I'm, I'm, a check.
1: I'm so sorry, Ryan. <laughs> we love you. You can do this, Ryan. You can do this. <laughs> We've
0: been podcasting
1: for
2: four years. You can do
0: this. <laughs> I mean, like, I've been doing this. I, I've been doing this for four years. I'm so experienced. And then we go on, come on the fifth dimension. It's like all hell breaks loose and everything's <laughs> out the window at this point. <laughs> he's I'm like so
2: torn because monsters is number one for me. So I'm already at a loss here.
0: Yeah, I trust me. I'm right there with you because it, it is one of, It is my favorite <laughs> episode as well. But I had to concede because uh, they really like I uh, the wrenches. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: He says that. Okay.
3: Yeah. But then Death's Head Revisited, which I think was a good well, episode. Oh, that, I that took looked, me by
0: surprise. I think I was like really affected by that episode. So
3: I thought, not less in like a bad way, but they thought much higher of that episode than I did. I think it would have been a great It, it would still been closer to the top, but it's
0: above Monsters Are Doing Maple Street. I didn't fight for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fight for that one. <laughs>
0: i'm fine with i'm fine with that because it doesn't really it's not like the worst i i'm not gonna like die on the hill of being between 10 and 11 or 11 and 12 i think it's perfectly good right if it hits the top 10 because it's it's a pretty remarkable episode so
1: it is it's very good
0: yeah and it's inspired so, uh, a lot yeah yeah and it does a lot for 24 minutes which <laughs> as we've learned can be a detriment to the twilight zone so yeah
1: well and you know if you you know you think about this one and to serve man i mean both of those have spawned so much stuff you know they're yeah. you know something very different for their time and you know since
3: while we're thinking about this just throw something else in that we didn't talk about earlier do you think this would have been better served as an hour-long episode
0: no <laughs> no i don't think anything I don't. in the twilight zone i think it would have ruined yeah. it yeah
3: it would have yeah, spent time trying not. to put in more time in the fourth dimension or just more drug out time in the beginning or something like that but you know.
1: well and how many episodes for have instance. we discussed where they they filled the four, 24 minute run time but they maybe shouldn't have like it should have been a 15 oh, yeah, for minute sure. or something
0: that's happened sure. yeah
1: yeah
2: an adult swim version of the twilight zone yes there yeah. you go
0: <laughs> robot or do shape. like the 80 the 80s version did where they had like three episodes per hour or whatever where each episode was like 20 minutes or something or is it four they do like three or four episodes per episode or whatever but
1: see but even with that i feel like and i i understand that you can't you got to work within your time limits and like mm. half an hour an hour is kind of your go-to but yeah you know you don't have the time to like absorb what's going on like you're on to the next thing i feel like that kind of right. did a detrimental thing to the the 80s twilight zone
0: but yeah that's me um uh... So, I don't know. Below walking distance above Stop at Willoughby,
1: I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I know it's not that's... your, <laughs> oh. yeah, it's not your... yeah, let's
1: go with it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that's not your where you would put it, Ryan, right? but I'm just curious, like, does that seem all right? That seems know.
2: fair. That, that uh, considering that this is not my list, that seems oh. completely fair.
3: I okay, I mean, it's seven, still, yeah, it still makes it a top I'll 10. Concede. <laughs> It's um, you know what? It's under twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> all that really matters. Her <laughs> chance is not twenty nine. Gotta yes. figure out a way to push that thing to last place. I don't know how that works.
1: You need to take all of season four and <laughs> put it in the top thirty.
3: In all honesty, it doesn't it doesn't deserve anywhere near last place, but it certainly doesn't deserve anywhere near where the fuck it is either. <laughs> <laughs> Should definitely be on the back Whoa. end, of it in the fourth dimension it's it's in last place how's that feel the thing that irritates me the most about that episode is that it is so high and i'm like what were you think you guys like were drunk i might have
1: been probably
0: yes (laughs) yeah so see Uh, they watched the next week's episode (laughs) uh so okay yeah it's a good place um pretty high spot for that so it's uh yeah i think that'll work uh so with that said New number nine is Little Girl Lost. Number one is still Eye of the Beholder. Number ninety-one is The Trouble with Templeton. Oh, hang on, hang
1: the on, next... hang on, hang on, hang on. Number hey, seventy-four
0: is, is a piano 74. in 74. The house. The house. 75, people. You gotta remember oh, 75. Right, right, right. 75. You uh, ruined 75. it already a right now. Piano in the
1: house. The
0: house. Anyways. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next episode is of course season three, episode 27, person or persons unknown. Uh, directed by John Brom, written by Charles Beaumont, Epis- uh, stars Richard Long, Frank Silver, Silvera, Shirley Ballard. Uh, we'll look forward to that. It's the smoothest episode, apparently. Chesterfield's, I don't know, it's, it's I, I don't Oasis. remember much about Oasis it, but it's the smoothest taste, yes, softest, softest. softest taste. Sorry, yes, <laughs> exactly. So, with that said. Uh, We're going to head out for the time being. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I know it's pretty crazy. It's uh, very strange when it comes to trying to figure out things in the Twilight Zone and you're very knowledgeable of it. So I do appreciate you coming on and uh, it's been fun. We'll hopefully have you on again at some point. So uh, with that said, uh, where do you have your content located at?
2: uh you can find one track mind wherever you listen to podcasts and you can find me on x i'm never going to get around saying that (laughs) at one track mind pod and i'm on instagram at one that is the numeral one track mind podcast i did not get to choose that name they gave it to me so don't be mad at me about it i'm also (laughs) on uh, patreon at patreon.com slash one track mind podcast
1: He's also, does, he's also a reoccurring guy on um, Reels of Justice, which is a fantastically fun uh, courtroom-based uh, movie podcast. Both are well worth your time.
2: That you're biased because you were on twice.
1: Oh, fine. <laughs> You've been on more times than I have, so screw well, you.
2: Yeah, it's my podcast. I well, yeah,
1: I know, but you're still making points, and so I'm making points, and this is why I'm not very good at
0: it. <laughs>
2: Hey, I will say but, you got robbed on the first one that yeah. that's that's okay. to be honest I shouldn't have won that case you should have won
1: no it's all good I can take a loss I'm used to it
0: <laughs> so yeah yeah listen to anyway. Triv losing at something finally gosh no okay. kidding um yeah definitely look, listen to all his content it's fantastic um I've listened to a few few episodes it's definitely worth listening to uh Triv Jacob as always you guys are awesome I try Aww. to, I try to say that to make you feel better. Cause in the end, uh, you know, I'll make sure you get lost in the fourth dimension, but Jacob, you
1: just don't like pineapple on yeah. pizza.
0: Yes. That's the reason I want to make you guys go away. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, in all honesty, Jacob, you have content. You are in the middle of working on another series, but you have some great stuff for you, you worked on that have done really well and have been really awesome and informative. Where's that content located? YouTube. Um, you
3: can find me. I have two YouTube channels, one of which is currently jacob anders reviews go watch that stuff but i don't want to put much on there right now maybe i'll come back to it sometime but i'm currently focusing on retro Jkxy, my other youtube channel it's a newer youtube channel go subscribe to help that one grow where i do mostly retro video game documentary series I have one with the dreamcast and the n64 and i have another one that i'm working on right now that i'm not prepared to talk about that'll be out probably in about a month honestly nice We'll start month ish beginning to middle of October. I'm looking at so I have more to talk about there. It's a more more recent than those two, but not super recent anyway. Moving on, yeah, I have uh, that stuff, but check it out. Nice. And I'm on X t- Twitter, X, X, X Twitter, X, X. <laughs>
0: the Twitters, the Twitter. X. I'm over there, yeah. I
3: don't really do much there. <laughs>
0: I look at like
3: historic vids and funny videos of people getting beat up and post those. So check there, that out,
0: yeah yay and triv people now know that you hate mayo and butter oh, and chocolate and peanut butter oh uh, shut but your face <laughs> but you also have content that's awesome you put out you know crazy wild videos about crazy and wild stuff <laughs> when it comes to the very crazy and terrible movies that are all awesome in the same right but where's that Absolutely. content located now
1: uh, you can find me here on youtube's at uh, trivial feed um i did blood theater. And then I did theater of blood. And then coming up, I am taking a completely left turn and doing a collab on the teenage mutant ninja shuttles from the nineties. So definitely check that out. Um, I'm also working on some other stuff coming up for October, which is, you know, spooky month and all that good stuff. I also just uh, finished up of all things uh, merch, uh, which is on Etsy uh, under trip's place uh, it's all mugs right now, but uh, if you'd like to stop by and check that out, please feel free.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, the link for her channel, for her uh, merch, will be in the comment or in the description of the below. So Aww, definitely give thanks. her stuff a, a big look and sale and all that good stuff. So uh, myself, Movie Emporium. That's where all this video, this video content is held. Uh, I posted, you know, a couple of reviews coming up here soon. I've been kind of lacking, but just because I've been sick. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. There you go. Uh, otherwise, we're on audio feeds like Anchor, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, and all that good stuff. Uh, but with that said, uh, we're gonna head out. And for myself, Triv, Jacob, and Ryan, uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Twilight Zone. Peace out, motherfucker. <laughs>